You are listening to The Human Physical Therapist with Russell Leonard. Get ready to be inspired by the stories of amazing humans. Hello, humans. Over the last three episodes, I shared with you my story from the first 25, almost 26 years of my life. I made the leap to conquer my fears of not fitting in, being rejected, of disappointing others, of potential ridicule and shaming. I have shared my life from a position of vulnerability with all of you. I have nothing to prove, nothing to hide, and nothing to lose in creating this community. I do this in service because if this community had already existed, it would have helped me to overcome my struggles much sooner. The only way to truly connect with another human is to set your ego aside. Your preconceived notions and your biases to let your guard down and be vulnerable. This will not be successful every time. It will backfire. You will be hurt. But we must believe that it's worth it. Because true connection is. People have many fears about being vulnerable. They let their stories, struggles, and insecurities control them to eat away inside of them. And then they project these same things onto others. I know this because I used to do it. At the times I was angry, resentful, and hated my life, I thought, how could anyone else be happy when I felt this way? I found reasons to despise the happy people which only fed my inner demons and magnified them. Now that I have shared my stories and struggles, my insecurities with all of you listeners, they are out in the world and I can never bottle them back up. Instead of feeling scared or anxious, I feel relieved that I don't have to hide them within myself anymore, that I can take that negative energy and use it in a positive way to inspire others to take action and to do the same. Dear listener, you are still listening to my podcast on episode five. That means you must have related to at least a part of my story. I wish for you to become part of this group and join in this community. I truly believe that you are listening to this for a reason. And I'd like to ask that you join the Facebook group, The Human Physical Therapist, if you haven't already. Now I'd like to share a story with you about this past weekend. My older brother currently lives in Reno, Nevada, and he came home for an extended weekend last weekend. 
Now, I hadn't seen him in the past two and a half years. And within that time, he has developed a problem, a bike problem. He has designed his life to revolve around all things cycling, from riding one of his many bikes, to thinking about riding his bikes, to fixing bikes, and talking about bikes. He lives within easy range of good road cycling, mountain trails, and everything in between. Cycling has become his passion. It's his life. Now in light of this, it's not surprising that his visit home coincided with a bike race. And not just any race, one of the most intense races in the country. This race was called the Coast to Coast Gravel Grinder, and it was the second year of the race. Now it's aptly named because it started in Augre on the coast of Lake Huron and ended in Ludington on the coast of Lake Michigan, 210 miles in total distance, which consisted of some pavement, but mostly dirt, gravel, two tracks, sand, and mud. This race began at 6 a.m. as the sun was rising over Lake Huron, and it didn't end until 3 a.m. the next morning, long after the sun set over Lake Michigan. The racers had 21 hours to complete 210 miles. This race was split into four segments with a checkpoint in between each where riders could meet with their support crew and refill on food, fluids, and any bike repairs or maintenance that needed to be done. This race was considered a self-supported race, meaning outside of those checkpoints, the support crew couldn't meet with the rider for any reason without being disqualified. If anything were to happen between the checkpoints, for the rider to remain in the race, they would have to make it to a checkpoint under their own power. Now I was part of my brother's support team, along with my father and my younger brother. And in between the anticipation of the arrival of my brother to the checkpoint, the excitement of restocking his bike and supplies and sending him off again, I had a lot of time to think, to reflect, to contemplate. One thing I thought about was how these types of endurance events had always fascinated me. These humans would train and spend massive amounts of time to prepare for an event like this. They would ride thousands of miles, spend hundreds of hours on a bike in order to compete in a grueling day-long event. To your average human, this type of extreme endurance competition seems insane. At the first checkpoint, about 55 miles into the race, close to 100 riders were in the lead group, including my brother. 
This was out of a total of about 400 riders. You could tell some of the racers were already suffering from the pace, but the majority still looked bright-eyed and ready to tackle whatever came next. At this point, they had spent at least two and a half hours riding, longer than an average workout. When my brother rushed into the checkpoint, I was filled with adrenaline. The rush was so great, trying to change out all the supplies in his bike and get him ready to keep going as quickly as possible. It seemed he had just arrived when we were sending him off again. Once he was gone, we rushed to the second checkpoint at 110 miles. When the lead group arrived, only 16 of those 100 remained. The leaders had been pushing the pace even faster and many riders just couldn't hang on. Those bright eyes at the first checkpoint were no longer so bright as many riders realized they had another half to go. At this point, they had spent more than five and a half hours in the saddle, longer than anyone wants to spend sitting on a bike seat. My brother came in with a second chase group and he looked beat. He told us the previous 12 miles that he had been fighting to keep the pace and avoid getting dropped from that group. He was in rough shape and he spent a little longer at that checkpoint trying to regain his composure. After he set off again, we checked his tracker. His speed was dropping, but his heart rate wasn't. We couldn't help but to worry for him, but we couldn't do anything. So we continued on to the third stop at 166 miles. We were told the last stretch of the race, that third section had been the most challenging so far with deep sand, gravel, and rolling hills. Even the pace of the leaders slowed, but not by much. The lead group was down to four. At this point, the racers had spent nearly nine hours on the bike. They had traveled 166 miles, further than most cyclists ever go on a bike. The look of agony, pain, and defeat could be seen on the faces of many riders. They had been suffering, pushing their bodies to the limit for longer than a work day with very little rest. They were in pain. They were testing their psychological strength and the will to carry on. 44 miles was all that stood between them and the finish line. And at this point, they would have to be questioning why they were still doing this. When my brother came in, he was tired and sore, but not defeated. He was still confident in his ability to finish the race, which helped to calm our worries. The third stretch had not defeated him. Again, we ushered him off 
and hope for the best. We then made our way to the finish line and it was spectacular. As the racers made that last turn and saw that finish line, the look of exhaustion and defeat turned into disbelief and then joy as they crossed the finish line. Their sense of accomplishment and joy was enough to wipe the 11 plus hours of constant suffering out of their minds for at least a second. These riders spent the better part of the day suffering for one goal, to finish 210 miles. When was the last time you spent that long focused on one goal? Have you ever? My brother crossed the finish line in 12 hours, 29 minutes, and 58 seconds. I'd witnessed snapshots of his journey from being ready to take on the competition and compete for the win to being drained and on the brink of defeat. And then to completing this monster of a race 32nd overall. His race was a story of suffering and triumph, overcoming a 210 mile obstacle. We camped out that night and on the ride home the next morning, I continued to reflect. Their experiences, these riders could teach all of us a lesson. And I thought about their suffering. In the stories of our lives, we could simplify them to suffering and triumph, to overcoming obstacles, just like the racers last weekend. In order to overcome those obstacles in our lives, there will be suffering, there will be pain, there will be growth, for nothing will change if we do not do something to change it. No matter if the struggle lasts 12 hours or 12 days, 12 months or 12 years, the triumph and joy of overcoming those obstacles will be magnified by the suffering we faced along the way. The accomplishment and growth through these experiences changes our lives. Let them motivate us to share and inspire other humans to take action so that through their suffering, they may overcome their obstacles and find that same joy. Thank you for listening to The Human Physical Therapist with Russell Leonard. Take action, own your story, and connect with others.